Is that good? Okay. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to 2017. Thank you for getting up early in the morning after a long night. Who stayed up till midnight last night? Oh, I, I kind of cheated. I went to bed at about 10, then my, my, uh, my wife and grandkids and kids woke me up about quarter till uh, midnight, and then, and then we did the ceremonial welcome in the New Year thing, which was kind of cool. Um, who here has already made your resolutions for 2017? Was well, one. How about, did you make resolutions last year? Who made resolutions last year? A couple. <laughs> A three-year-old granddaughter did. Uh, who, who made resolutions and then didn't, weren't able to keep them? Uh, I was. I fall in that category. So I was kind of searching on the internet um, uh, for resolutions as, as typically that, as they happen for me, and I found these ones pretty interesting. It's sort of an evolution of resolutions as it happens over a few years. So resolution number one. Oh, welcome, Juanita. That's my lovely wife, by the way. Uh, resolution number one, 2011, I will read at least 20 good books a year. 2012, I will read at least 10 books a year. 2013, I will read five books a year. 2014, I will finish the Pelican Brief. 2015, I will read some articles in a newspaper this year. 2016, I will read at least one article this year. 2017, I will try and finish the comic section this year. Resolution number two, I will get my weight down below 180. 2011, I will watch my calories till I get below 190. 2013, I will follow my new diet rigorously until I get below 200. 2014, I will try to develop a realistic attitude about my weight. 2015, I work out five days a week. 2016, I work out three days a week. 2017, I'll try to drive past the gym at least once a week. <laughs> and last one, resolution number three, I will go to church every Sunday. 2015, I will go to church as often as possible. 2016, I'll set aside time each day for prayer and, and meditation. <sighs> 2017, I will try to catch a late night sermon on TV. Here's some more. This year, I want to spend more time with my kids. I want to stop gossiping. Did you see what she was wearing? Yeah. This year, I'm going to join the Bikers game. This year, I'm going to control my shopping. I'm going to stop spending $6 on a cup of coffee. I'm going to control my anger. What are you doing? Can you see I try to work here? I want to find that special girl. How are you doing? <laughs> Pick it up. 
This year, I'm going to call my parents more. This year, I want to get rid of this pot belly. I want to care more about the environment. I want to be a better handyman. This year, I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to charge 10% of my gross pay. This year, I will pay off all my debts. I'm going to go back to school and get my master's. I want to complete a marathon. I want to quit smoking. <coughs> this year, I'll control my road rage. I want to have a daily quiet time. Okay, maybe a monthly quiet time. So why do we set resolutions anyway? Well, for most of us, I think, I think it's to make our lives a little bit better than it was last year, right? Uh, or to improve our lives, to improve our lot in life. Resolutions are not bad. Resolutions are good. So making them is good. Resolving to do something is, is good. So what we're, what we're going to do this year is, is sort of got, set us on a path to make resolutions that will be good for us. Resolutions I think God will want for us. And it's resolutions that, that God guarantees will be successful. So here's the big idea. Becoming like Jesus from the inside out. So before we start this, I'd like to go to prayer. Lord, you love us so much. You want what is best for us. So as we go through this series of sort of delving in deeper with you and becoming more like Jesus Christ, would you open our ears and our hearts and our minds to what you have to say to us? And Lord, would you take the words that are said today and use it to make our lives better? And Lord, as I speak, let them be your words, not my words. And let my thoughts be your thoughts. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you could, please, take out your Bibles. If you brought them, if you have your phone with an app on it, pull out those. We're going to be reading through John chapter 15, verses 4 through 17. It's a little lengthy, but it, uh, it's important for us to understand what God wants through this, through this message over the next few weeks. So starting in verse 4. The verses will be up there if you, if, if you want to follow along. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot produce fruit unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile and burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you can ask wherever you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things 
so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now I call you my friends since I've told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I pointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. So in John chapters 13 through 17, Jesus is taking his disciples um, through the last few hours just before he was arrested and crucified. He was sharing with him with them what he wanted them to know to carry on what he started, to continue the ministry he started. They had walked with him for three years. They had seen his miracles. They'd seen him heal the sick, give sight to the blind. They'd seen him confront the religious leaders. They'd seen him feed 5,000 people with a, a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. They had seen some great things. So what do you think he would want to lead them with to help them to carry on with this ministry that he already started? Would it be how to heal sick? To take care of the poor? Would it be how to cast out demons? Would it be uh, how, to, how to debate religious truths? What was it that he wanted them to know? Well, this passage in John 15 tells us what Jesus wanted to give them. He knew what they'd be facing in the journey they were about to embark upon without him. So he gave them something he wanted them to hold on to. So there's a phrase in these chapters that really stood out to me as I, as I studied them. It's the phrase, remain in. Now, remember, remember that, that when, when Jesus repeats words or phrases, it's something that's really, really important. And, you know, in, in, uh, in some of the passages, he say, truly, truly, I say to you, it means like he wants us to really know. Well, this word remain in is mentioned 14 times in chapters 13 through 17. And in these 13 verses alone that we just read, it's mentioned 10 of those times. So it's safe to say that what Jesus wanted us to know, it was that him remaining in us and us remaining in him is of very great importance. So why would he put so much emphasis on remaining in? Let's go back to resolutions. Resolutions were, were uh, established by our Protestant forefathers hundreds of years ago, hundreds of years ago, and it was meant to give us a more deeper, long-lasting, lifelong spiritual and, and uh, um, emotional disciplines. Things have changed over the past several generations. Here's an example. Um, in 1947, these are, these are the top 10 resolutions from the Gallup poll. Number one, improve my disposition, be more understanding, control my temper. Number two, improve my character, live a better life. Stop smoking, smoke less, save more money, stop drinking or drink less, 
Number six, be more religious, go to church more often. Number seven, be more efficient, do a better job, take better care of my health. Number nine, take greater part in my home life. And number 10, lose or gain weight. Let's jump ahead to 2014. These, these are the top 10 resolutions of 2014. Number one, lose weight, getting organized, spend less, save more, enjoy life to the fullest, stay fit and healthy. Number six, learn something exciting. Number seven, quit smoking, help others in their dreams. Number nine, fall in love. And number 10, Save more, spend more time with my family. So notice in 1947 that the top resolutions were more about things that went on on our inside. The things such as character and integrity were, were now it's more about the things that are on our outside. Now, don't get me wrong. Resolutions are good. And all this stuff is good. But we have to decide which we want to follow. Do we, want, do we want to change the things on our outside, such as our weight, our wealth, the way we look, those things that define who we are on the outside, or do we want to go to the stuff that are on the inside, the things like character, integrity, the things that change our lives and those lives of the people around us? And it's okay, whichever one you want to do. If it, is, if it is the things on the outside, go for it. There's all kinds of helps out there. There's, there's uh, all kinds of clubs. There's all kinds of books. There's all kinds of ways to do that. And the best of luck. But if we really want to change the stuff on the inside, this is the direction that we want to focus on, the things that are on our inside. So how do we do this? How do we change ourselves on the inside to define who we are from the inside. Well, there's all kinds of self-help books. There's, there's groups. There's clubs. There's Dr. Phil. All kinds of people and things that tell us how we can do this. But what I found in my life is that it, all this stuff is self-effort, done by self-effort. And for me, I don't know if it is for you or not, anything done by self-effort for me, it tends to fizzle out after a couple weeks or, or a couple months. It doesn't really produce a whole lot of lifelong change if I do that. That's the way it's been for me when I set resolutions. I, I tend not to even set resolutions very often anymore because, frankly, after a couple weeks or a couple years, they just, they just fizzle out. So if all my efforts fail so often, how do I change? How do I have that lifelong change, that, that the lasting fruit that Jesus mentioned in verse 16? Jesus gave us the answer. You have verse 5 up here? Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Take a look at that last part. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This is what Jesus said. So it's only through a, an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ that we can have these, this, last long, this lifelong lasting fruit that uh, changes us. So, what does remaining in mean? When I looked at it in the Greek, 
it was kind of interesting. Now, remain means just pretty much that's self-explanatory. It says to remain or abide, stay or wait. But what I found was when I looked at that word in, it was a little surprising to me. Those two letters, in, means in the realm of or sphere of as a condition or state of which something operates from the inside, from within. So Jesus said remaining in means to remain or stay, to operate from the inside. What is the result when we remain in him and him in us? Again, let's go to verse 5. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now notice the one word in there. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. He didn't say may. He didn't say might. He said will. That's a promise. He, we will produce much fruit when we remain in him and him in us. So what is this fruit that Jesus talked about? And where does it come from? In Galatians or excuse me, in John chapter 14, Jesus told his disciples, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit, who leads, you, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. It doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. So if you're a Christian, God has already placed within you everything you need to produce a lasting fruit. When you accepted Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in and makes his dwelling with us. He said it, that he will be in us. So he's given you everything you need. But what is this fruit that he's talking about? In Galatians 5, some of you may be familiar with, these, with the fruits of the Spirit, but I'm going to read them. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I think I, got, I kind of got those out of order. But who would not want a life that is marked by that? A life marked with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wouldn't that be a great thing to have a life that is marked with that? That is the character of Jesus Christ. That is becoming like him. And that's what God wants to do do in us. So the million dollar question is this. How do we bring about what God has already placed within us? How do we draw out within us uh, the, the fruit, the lasting fruit that Jesus talked about? The lifelong change in our lives. Here's the take home. Here's the one thing that says will guarantee a lifelong change. Here is what I'd like to reveal to you that, that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will work on us on our inside so that our outside will look like Jesus. So if you don't remember anything, here's the one thing I want you to remember. 
The one thing is spending time with Jesus is the answer. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's what Jesus said. For apart from me, you can do nothing. All of the self-help books that we have, all of the outside influences that we have, will never make a change unless the Holy Spirit is brought out and done that. So spending time with Jesus is the answer. I remember when I, when I first met Juanita. And uh, it's been about 40 years now, right? 40 years ago. A little, a little longer than that now, isn't it? And all I wanted to do was be with her. I remember when I was away from her, all I could do was think about her. When I was with her, all, all I wanted to do was, was to get to know her more and her to get to know me more. Even the point where I was the weak need. I don't know if any of you remember that or not. When you first meet someone, you're, you're so in love with them that, that your knees even shake. I believe that God loves us the same way. That God loves you so much that he wants to spend time with you. He wants you to spend time with him. He loves you so much that he has given you everything you need. And he wants to show you what, your, what his purpose and his will is for your life. And he wants us to spend time with him just the same way. In Galatians 2, God said, or Paul said, that we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good works that he planned for us long ago. So God created you, and you are his masterpiece. Don't you think that if you're his masterpiece, that all he wants to do is to show you off, to be with you? His love for you is so great. And he wants to be with you. And he wants, he wants you to have that same feeling for him. Like in the psalmist who wrote in Psalm 84, it says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole body, with my whole being, and my soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Tom had mentioned in, in a sermon that there were the, the two greatest commandments. The one is to love your Lord, the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, with all your body. And the second one is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and I don't know if you remember or not, but, but he had mentioned that, that you cannot do the second. You cannot love your neighbor as yourself without doing the first, which is the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your body, and all your strength. Some of you may feel like spending time with, with God is not attainable. Who in here has ever tried to have to create your own personal time, your, 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 uh, your, your time alone with God so that you can spend some time with him and then fail. I know that I have many times. You know, where you, where you, get, where you say, I want to spend some time with God. So you open up your Bible, your Bible and you start reading it and you think, okay, now what? You read it, I'm not really getting anything out of this. Or you say, I want to pray. 
And then as you're praying, all these other thoughts come to your mind. What you got going on this afternoon, what you got going on at work, um, things about family, things about all kinds of things that flood your mind. I know many, many times that that's been the same with me. But here is what I found, because I felt the same way. Here's what I found. It's, it's, it's almost like it's a mountaintop, right? So you got this peak up here. What I found is that by taking baby steps, like if I, if I, if I say, okay, I'm going to spend time, 10 minutes with God. So you climb up this mountain, and then you get to the summit. And then you take some time in that summit. And it's okay. So spending 10 minutes with God's not so difficult. Then you start climbing again. And you say, okay, 15 minutes. That's not so tough. The next thing you know, you're at 20 minutes. You're at the summit. And you're looking down. And you're saying, this isn't as difficult as I thought. Because you've done it consistently. You stayed on that summit. And you've gone through that. But it's the peak. It's the peak I really want to share with you guys. When you get up that top you'll find that it's not really a peak, it's a plateau. And in that plateau, by him remaining in us and us remaining in him, in that plateau, he gives you everything you need to be able to live the godly life, to be able to produce that fruit that he said will last. All the good stuff he has for you is in that plateau of spending time with him. If you try to go to the the top right away, you probably get discouraged and stop. If you start reading through the Bible and you go through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, by the time you get to Numbers, you're going to give up. It takes purposeful effort to do this. Nothing worthwhile is ever accomplished without some effort. But remember that God has planted us in, in us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will draw out what you need to be able to get this done. Now, Oswald Chambers wrote, it is God's spirit that changes the atmosphere of our way of looking at things. And then things begin to be possible, which before were impossible. Let me read that again. It is God's spirit that changes the atmosphere of our way of looking at things. And then the things begin to be possible, which were before impossible. So if you think it's not possible to get this done, i got to tell you, from my own personal experience and the experience of others, um, it is not impossible. You can do this. You can do it because God has given you the ability to be able to do it by the Holy Spirit. You know, there's been hundreds of thousands of people who have been able to do this. And because they've done it, we can too. Because they've gone before us. A lot of the stuff that I'm sharing with you is stuff that I learned from other people, from experiences of other people. And you can do this too. So how do we kindle the, the Holy Spirit flame that's, that's been placed within us when we first believe? Well, over the next few weeks, we hope to show you. We hope to show you to t- how, how you can go deeper in a relationship with God. To be able to do these things that, that, that Jesus is talking about. To be able to produce that lasting fruit. 
Over the next few weeks, next few Sundays, we are going to be sharing with you how, the whole, how, how Jesus taught his disciples how to pray through the Lord's Prayer. And in that Lord's Prayer, to show you how to go deeper in your relationship with him. Again, it's all about our relationship with him. And I, can't, I cannot stress it enough. It says, by him remaining in us and us remaining in him, we produce much fruit. Now, why is our relationship with Jesus so important? In John 15, he says, You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit, so that the Father will give you whatever he asks using my name. You know, Mark Twain said that the two greatest moments in life are when you were born and the day you find out why. Listen to that again. The two greatest moments in life or when you are born in the day you find out why. It's because he chose you for a purpose. He created you for a purpose to produce fruit that will last. Fruit that will last not only in your life, but in the lives of people around you. I'm going to go back to that Galatians 5 passage. Remember, love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the fruit he wants to produce in us. And when we do that, our lives are enriched. And the lives around, of the people around us are enriched. We make a difference when we do that. The seeds of this fruit have already been placed within you by the master gardener. They're just waiting to sprout. So our hope is for you guys to be able to do that. Whether or not that be at home, here, coming here every Sunday. Some of you, like I have my whole family here, everybody raise your hands. They're here visiting. Um, my hope is, is that, that this new year will bring about change in your life lifelong change will last, not something that fizzles out after a couple weeks, a couple months, or a couple years. Things that will make a difference in your life. How do we do that? By remaining in Him and Him remaining in us. And how do we accomplish that? By spending time with Him. That time with Him makes all the difference. When we do that, the Holy Spirit works on our inside so that our outside will look like Jesus. It's becoming like Jesus from the inside out. So as we wrap this up, and as the worship team comes up, um, we want to uh, offer to you at the end of this time, a ministry time. So while they're singing, I'd like you to think about where you want to go with this. What resolutions do you want to make? What lifelong changes do you want to make in your life? And if you'd like prayer for that, after the song is over, you're welcome to come up in these, in these front rows here. If there's any other, other need for prayer, such as a relationship issue, a job issue, a financial issue, 
Anything at all that you want prayer for, we'll be up here to, to pray with you. And again, this is a new year, right? For those of you who don't make resolutions or hesitate to make resolutions, I want to encourage you to resolve to do this. Because if you resolve to do this, it will make lasting change in your life. So Lord, thank you so much that you love us so much. Your love is so great. You want what is best for us. And what this world offers is nothing compared to what you offer. So Lord, would you help us to get into that relationship with you so deep that you can show us what what your purpose and will is for our lives. And that we produce fruit that lasts. And in that, as Jesus said in chapter 15, that you will be filled with joy. And that joy will be full. So we look forward to what you have for us this year, Lord. And we offer this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.